You are listening to the Monthly Motorhead Podcast, and on this episode we are talking The Ace of Spades. The fourth studio album on Bronze Records, it peaked at number four in the UK charts, and the single, Ace of Spades, went on to reach number 15 in the singles charts and worldwide acclaim. It is the first album released by the band in the USA, and it was released on the label Mercury Records. Produced over a six-weeks period in Jackson Studios in Rickmanworth, Hertfordshire, by Vic Malley, whose other credits include, amongst many other big names, Hendrix, The Kinks, and Hawkwind. The extra tracks, if you bought this album in 1996, with Castle Communications, would be Dirty Love, Please Don't Touch, Out of Emergency, two tracks we will get to when we talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre EP. If you've been listening to these shows so far, you may be wondering why I'm putting so much information into the intro. That's because I feel the facts kind of get lost in the episodes themselves because we start talking about personal levels and how much we enjoy this stuff. And I also want to come across as a bit of a smart ass, so I think a good introduction helps. Anyway, numbers have been good. We're doing well in Europe, so thanks everybody in Russia and Prague and uh, Brazil. I know that's not in Europe, but we got a few lessons there. Thanks to everybody. Keep sharing this around. Keep listening, and we'll keep talking about it. I guess I should say in the intro, we have started going from the LPs more often, so at some point in this, you will hear the sound of an LP player in the background. It sounds like I'm using shitty recording equipment. It's not shitty recording equipment, it's just old school technology in the background that can't be edited out. But anyway, let's get to the episode and this album, The Ace of Spades. Monthly Motorhead Podcast. Ace of Spades. Yes. Great albums. Great album. Let's let's. Uh, have you? We've got the LP again. We've uh, got two LPs. <laughs> Go on, tell them. Tell them the uh, the the great. Well, well, give me the actual LP while you do it. Which one? <laughs> There's the one that's on the turntable at the minute. Very nice, in in really good condition. It's even got like some of the squareness to the edge still, so like that's hardly been played. It's got a lot of glimmer to the cover, and it isn't. It's not like a reprint or anything. See the other version we've got has nineteen eighty <laughs> original sound recordings by Bronzing, yeah. But the other one, this smells like an attic. Has some sort of indistinguishable brown stain covering the front. And in between Phil, Lemmy, and Fast Eddie <laughs> is written in Byro, no sleep till ham e arse mit h. They wrote Hammersmith in between the legs. <laughs> I'm going to put a picture of this up on the Instagram, Top Hats and Canes. And when you when you take the record out, it's actually no sleep till Hammersmith. <laughs> Someone's lost the, uh, the Ace of Spades sleeve. This is the, the joy of record collecting. When I bought it, I bought the right sleeve, but the wrong record, and, um, so we had to buy it again. But let, let's talk about what a great album cover this is. One of the few that's not drawn. I mean, the live albums, obviously not, because it's Picture Live, but... Yeah. I mean, the only thing that throws me is that Snaggletooth's not really prominent on it. it. You can see him on... They put him on Phil's jacket and, and on his sure. belt Oh, buckle. that's a cool belt, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like that. But I think that's the only thing missing. It's a. This would be cool if it was like the back, the or the reverse side, and then he had the snaggletooth on the front. But I, I mean, it's it's an iconic cover. Like that's me nitpicking. The the sand that they're standing on in this wild west landscape. It looks quite you know uh, 
industrial, mm. <laughs> quite coarse. <laughs> like, like there's pebbles there. Apparently, <laughs> this may come as a shock. It's not American. What? It's not? It's not. I can't Appar- believe it. Apparently, that would be too expensive to fly <laughs> them out to. So it is in some sort of sandstone quarry in Barnet. <laughs> uh, even still, that's, that's, a, that's a good cover, man. It's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. Who was it? Is, uh, some interview somewhere, someone that, like back in the day when you didn't know anything about albums and you just picked it up because you thought it looked cool. Like someone, I think it might have been uh, Scott Ian or someone, saying that they bought it because, oh, look at those three cool Mexican dudes in a metal band. <laughs> I want to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> They uh, Phil especially looks very Mexican. He does. <laughs> looks like a bandizo. Just badass bandizo. So this is the the breakthrough album. After the the strength of the previous album selling very well, Bomber putting them right up there. They, this was poised to be a winner anyway, and it just so happened to have like one of the greatest singles of all time mm-hmm. on it as well. They what time? What does it peak out? They peak at number five in the chart. So it broke the top ten, and I don't think Bomber did that. No. So it it charted better than Bomber. And appearances on various TV shows, including Tiz Was. Um, Are we on Tiz Was? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Tiz Was. <laughs> Tiz Was. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the sign of, like, you've made it, TV appearances, top of the pops, plat. Fucking the young ones, you know what I mean? I can't, John. You know I'm gonna check this. Like, I can't remember when the young ones' appearances. I don't think it's when the album came out. I think it's a few years afterwards. Probably, but it's the strength of like they they play. We want you on to play that song because that's the song that the kids like. Yeah, like every band that appeared on the young ones was because they were liked mm. by the producers and this is or the, the that stars. So we've got a one, two, it's twelve tracks. A twelve tracker. This is unheard of. Somewhere. In the previous albums of ten tracks, <laughs> all uh, written by Kill Mr. Clark and Taylor. Uh, it says in the the studio book that we're using here that it was done uh, in about six weeks, with just the, some of the music rehearsed and the rest, like, all the lyrics were done in studio. Some yeah, of the songs were done in studio. There's not in typical fashion. There's not really any pre-production. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how many songs were played before played on tour before they went into record because I know that was a complaint of Lemmy's over Bomber that they didn't have enough time to rehearse them on the road. But um, I well we know we know some of the lyrics were were just written just before they were recorded on yeah. some of the songs. In terms of changes from the last album as well, new producer, new producer Vic. What's his face? <laughs> Vic. Ch- the chairman Mally Melly Male E. He works with. It's like a few old school rock and roll bands. I can't quite. I'm sure like there's the likes of Zeppelin and the Who in there. It's like he, a pr- he, like proper pedigree. From what the guys were saying, he was a bit different to work with. They couldn't fight him. Yeah. <laughs> like like they could some of the other producers because he was is. too small. <laughs> it's interesting when like, Lemmy says that you need someone who's who uh, is going to be out, like a third party outside of the band to say like that's not as good as you think it is lads do it again yeah and that's obviously going to be like oh well you know I'm just you know expressing my heart and soul here and this guy's coming in and saying oh that's not good fuck him I don't want to work with him again but eh, that's apparently well, I've had a lot of respect for him the results show for Can't itself really results, don't exactly yeah. yeah I think that's why people keep going back to, to producers they might not necessarily like because they know they can get the best out of them. It's just, I suppose, it's people management skills, isn't it? It's like some people will work 
more with people to get the best out of people whereas obviously some of the egos and stuff that's flying around mm-hmm. it might be better to say is that your best shot yeah and it's just like a nice way of saying stuff like that. okay let's get to the to the tracks then because i i want to hear this album again it's opening up on the single it's opening up on the song that we all want to hear it's opening up on the song that's defined a career would you say yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's transcendent isn't it it's not like like you talk about some of the big metal bands and some of the only really big ones are known like in the mainstream is like you say to someone name a Slayer song and they can't but you say like name a Metallica song it's Enter Sandman yeah. with Motorheads you, anyone in the street name a Motorhead song it takes a space they might not be able to name any more than that but it it did totally transcend it. It's not just a good rock and roll song. It's ingrained into pop culture. It's like everyone knows it. So good that it made me cut my hair. Why? Why did you cut your hair? Because I would headbang to it too hard yeah. that it was actually giving me serious neck pains. <laughs> Cutting the hair and reduced the headbanging. I, I still can't go forwards headbanging. Well, that's why my headbang now is side to side because I just this just that riff is just so incredible. It just makes you want to tear shit apart. It's the greatest thing. It's like people outside of the metal world like will actually like, well, what what is moshing about? Why do you do that? It looks dangerous and painful. It's because it's the expression of the noise and the sound that captures you, and it makes you just want to run into someone and grab them and go ah. And this is what that song perfectly encapsulates. It does, even though it's not necessarily about that. <laughs> it's not about that at all, no. But it's just fucking. It's the, the speed. It's everything it, to it, isn't it? The it's vibe the, of yeah. it. Yeah. It's the, it's quite simple as well because the the bass riff is arguably one of the most iconic, like opening numbers to any rock and metal song ever. Like those first, like two bars, like you don't even need the guitar or the drums, like because <laughs> the actual main riff once it kicks into it, you can hear the bass in the background, but the it's based on the guitar. But you hear those first two bars before the drums and the guitar kick in, and it's instantly recognizable. There's not many rock and metal songs that, that do that. Where it's say the hook almost. This it's it's a song built on hooks. Mm. <laughs> it's like there's there's so many, and you usually get one or two a song. But okay. like this, like every every line seems perfectly crafted. Every fill, every like every overdub on the guitar, just everything just fits really well and it's it's just one of those where all the elements have come together it's like it's definitely the the album and this is the the song that quantifies the album as the album where they were all working so well together mm. all three of them just knew exactly what their their roles were how how the song should sound what their style and their speed was 
And this is like the perfect example. And we talked a lot about this Lemmy songwriting method in the last episode. This is the the example of like just songwriting exercise around the theme of uh, gambling. Yeah, he'd already done songs about like cards. So what else is there to do? Fruities. But yeah. you can't say a song about you can't write a song about fruities called fruities because it's not gonna be no, very it's... hardcore. So you you just focus in on like the the manlier, gruffer aspects of it. Ace of Spades. That just it's got that like that edge sound to it. It just sounds like it could cut you. And then he built on that in a fucking expertly simple way to create this gem of a song. It's hard as well because if you if you've been in a band and tried to cover it. It's not a particularly hard song to play, but trying to get everyone on the same page and remember it because it's not, it's not, the lyrics go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or yeah. seemingly, but you try and play it and it doesn't necessarily go like that. It twists and turns almost, and you've, especially like the bass player and the drummer, I know obviously because of Lemmy's style, they don't, he doesn't mesh and put in, he's not in Phil or the, they're both not in a pocket together. Mm-hmm. They are still working independently because that's a style. But I always found if I wasn't like looking at the drummer to say <laughs> where we were in the song, then someone will get lost uh-huh. somewhere. It's so easy. I to love get doing lost. this song live because I just fucking lose my shit and just like scream like a madman. I distinctly remember playing this in our band Road Crew. When we like the the period when we had uh, another guitarist, so we had two guitarists. We had Jack on guitar, and we mm. went up there, and he didn't know how to play the song. No one, cause he, he was only there like two two gigs, and the other said, "Ah, just just follow along." It's not the easiest song to follow along to. It's too fast to follow it along is. to, isn't it? <laughs> oh, but what a banger though! What yeah. a tune! Uh, it, it's hard to follow that, but they're gonna have to. Love I mean, me like a reptile is yeah. the next song on it. Uh, then go. <laughs> Going back to the, the lyrical themes as well, it's like it's the dead man's hand, which is the two black aces and two black eights. Yeah, and it's... supposedly comes from Wild Bill Hickok when he was shot. That was the hand he had. It's a pretty cool like depth to like the what he said was just a song of words thrown together around a theme. You know, it, is, is. it really is. But every line is perfectly crafted. Like just the opening coupler. We like to gamble, I'll tell you I'm your man, you win some, you lose yeah, some, it's all the same to me. Anyone can quote like any of it, and as you say, it's not even particularly just about any, it's just about gambling in general, yeah. like there's this stuff about like dice in there as well, and it's, it just works, or just everything thrown together, but almost, cr- it's almost like everything's been thrown into a blender, but it's come out like perfect. And it's, it's became like a like the perfect credo song as well it's like the born to lose mentality of motorhead and something i get behind as well i don't you know that's the way i like it baby i ain't gonna live forever mm. you know it's like fucking a live while you can but as course as it was changed to in the late years that's the way i like it baby i don't want to live forever but apparently i am is that what the, is that what the later that's, that's what lemmy used to say towards the end and he also used to say eat razor blades eat razor blades <laughs> There's a, in the um, he hated the song, didn't he? Yeah, in the autobiography, <laughs> he says he, I sang eight of spades, for eight two of years spades, and eight razor noticed. blades, um, someone's maids. <laughs> he just, I, there was, I, it's like I have memories of watching them live. Doing it's like okay, you know what this song is. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's just like yeah. Aren't you yeah, sick I'm of this now. song? Yeah, we play it all the bloody time. Here it is, and it's not like it had dampened your enjoyment of it as well. It's no. like you know. 
Because like you see them enough times, you knew what part they said that song was going to yeah. be in. So say I know people who would leave after Ace of Spades because they didn't like Overkill, but they still stay for Ace of Spades. You've got to stay <laughs> for Ace of Spades, don't you? No, it's you know, you've got to do the run from the the venue to the National Express coach across Manchester. You know, you ain't got time to stand there and listen to feedback. <laughs> Great song, man. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still even here to this day takes me back to being like a young fucking hairy angry young man and just like head banging breaking shit and jumping into crowds of people love me like a reptile does not induce any of those memories sure i actually like this song but it doesn't it doesn't fit well going next to it's it's a fine song love me like a reptile is a fine song let's listen to it Clark Stratocaster sound on the. It's a it's it's a core cool riff. It's a core cool riff. It's, it's, it's a, very. Um, it's another. It's another banging opener, isn't it? It's it's just there's there's so much music to that. There's no real lyrics that I can grasp hold of there for me. It's uh, What was Lemmy's obsession with s- snakes being metaphors for dicks? <laughs> I mean. I'm sure it's not the first time, and it's probably not the last time, no, though. No. Snakebite Love was a fucking like an album title. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of those that we need to get this contract albums, but still, <laughs> it's obvious what it's about. Yeah, 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 no, I, I don't hate this song at all. It's just it doesn't stand well on the presence of everything else that's on here. I guess it's. A, I think it's My a really f- good jump up and down song. Mm. So yeah, it's. I. I wouldn't. So the grudge of being in the middle of the set. It's like, ah, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is like a perfect um, fill song, I guess, you know, filler. Yeah, it's yeah. just like that, that, that that's just a good way to bridge from one song to the other. So yeah. One of the things I wonder about this as well, because he called Vic like the producer, he nicknamed him the turtle because <laughs> of his neck. I don't know if there's some slide digs at him in this or not. It's always kind of like it's kind of always had that association there, and I don't know whether it's true or not. Well, because apparently he was quite straight laced, drive eater at six o'clock, <laughs> things like that. According <laughs> to some bits on the documentary, but I like this song. There again, it's it's just typical Lemmy lyrics. It's just stuff on a theme. He has no idea where the title came from, <laughs> but the whole song's based around it. Just one of those throwing shit against the wall guys. I, I, I imagine know. drugs were involved yeah. in this, because <laughs> how how else would you come up with that title? Ooh, Where does that come from? Out. What did it even mean? <laughs> uh, no, I had to bite your baby when I first lies. Thunder lizard stony eyes. You got me. I, I don't even want to read those lyrics. <laughs> it's just bollocks. They're horrible. 
and your soft white belly next to mine, scaly uh, baby seas shine. There's worse. <laughs> is this is this some weird thing about like rocket chicks liking lizards and all this crap? Because it is a kind of like a biker girl thing that they have snakes yeah. and geckos and all that bollocks. I, I've had the other one, you know, I got my eyes on you. You're petrified, gonna stick like glue. <laughs> What? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a horrible image. <laughs> it's like a sticking a glue snake. What are you talking about, man? Anyway, one of one of the cool things about this, I'd like to give a shout out to shout lovely like a reptile, uh, which is a mobile reptile zoo <laughs> based out of Melbourne, which we just found today. <laughs> Do they have an Instagram? <laughs> um, I I don't know. They have a website and there's snakes on it, and they do uh, corporate events and team building. <laughs> First performance, yeah. snake charming, themed belly dance and burlesque performance. Oh my, <laughs> yeah. that's a good end. <laughs> Some snake themed burlesque, eh? They have a Facebook and an Instagram. Oh, give the, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go give them a like. We'll do some cross promotion. <laughs> Shoot you in the back is next, which is a pretty good track. And it goes like this. <laughs> about that song is it just tells you up front the first lyric western movies western movies that's what this song's about <laughs> let's not have too much conversation about that it even ends in the western movies it's like one of my favourite things he shouts before a song is definitely this one western movies I always thought he said fast and loose but years yeah it's, it's I, I, maybe he does in some different like live takes and stuff I did probably well. We know towards the end he didn't really anything. Yeah, <laughs> as discussed on Ace's face. And the the riders ride into the night into the west to see whose guns are best. They're all fools to live by rules. The riders wearing black. He's gonna shoot you in the back. I Lovely. I do like that. He's gonna shoot you in the back. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> the I like the the backing vocals on this as well. The studio book says. I, we don't have full detail on who did what and everything, but the book does say that the producer did encourage uh, Phil Taylor to do more singing on hey. this one. He said, like, don't just yell shit, just, like, you know, get it in the right <laughs> key, you know, uh, get in there so we can get some nice harmony effects. And maybe he did, and that's why this harmony sounds so nice on yeah. this. It's, it's, a, it's a cool song. I'm damn just realising. Is this, like, a concept <laughs> album in disguise? Because everything's based around the cover so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess apart until you get to We Are the Roll Crew. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but then you could say it's like the concept album part of these songs up until Roll Crew are just cowboys, but then it gets to like modern day cowboying. Yeah, yeah. It's just why they see themselves as just like uh, outlaws, don't they? Yeah, never know what's that before. It's funny actually. Yeah, good point. Good point. 
But great song, great riff. Uh, super ass catchy. It was a there was a live version of this on the bonus CD that came with Hammered. Did you have the two disc CD for Hammered? I can't remember. If I, I made sure I, I had to get that DVD because it. yeah, it had the DVD and the, it had uh, the game on it as well, the Triple H theme song. Oh no, I don't. I don't have that version. I had a version of it that had the DVD for the making of. I think I can't remember. Shooting the back's a good sound, though, yeah. Yeah. Do you agree on that? Great ref. Yeah. Fits in there. It's, 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 it slows they, it down a bit, but it's, it doesn't slow the album to a crawl, really. Yeah, but that's why they put it like, as a live version on something, because like, it's one of those like good jumping songs for the live version. Like, you just look at the videos of the live version of that whole crowd. Yeah. It's going to be just like a wave of people going up and down. So, uh, Live to Win. I'm not really striking many memory bells. Let's get that out of I think that song's problem is well, one, it's missing a, a good a good chorus, yes. and two, it, it's like he's very much focused on the just rhyming the last word part of it. Yeah, it's uh, motorhead choruses feel like they're more effective when it's it's a it's not just the title of the song, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get we'll come to again in this. On the um on the the second side because unfortunately as much as I, as much as the first side of this is like great because I I like the song it's just a it's a cool chugging riff and everything but the second side lets the album down a bit um but we'll get to that in a bit I mean I've really nothing positive to say about that song actually oh, maybe the, it's I, just like I the like shitty it. speakers on this little LP player because like, there's a there's a uh, a line in the we all know where we've been. We all know where we've been. Or we've been living to win. What? They've got the power now, but soon it's... But soon it's our... our they've got the power now, but soon it's our hour now. We all know where we've been. we all been living to win. I, it's, it's a weird... Like, eternal rhyme that's not happening. I know. It's, the song's just about, you know, making the best of it. It's the, it's the band's motto almost isn't it it's born to lose but live to win yeah, but you know like, make it, the most of of what you've got and what you've given born to lose live to win and ace of spades is just like cool ass like badass imagery this is just like everything's gonna be okay thumbs up um as i don't appreciate being condescended to like that let me i want to imagine myself as a cowboy not as a, an optimistic fellow who thinks everything's gonna be okay one of the things i have noticed about this especially compared to Bomber as well, is this album is very positive. Like, yeah. we were talking on Bomber last time where they were getting angry at things. Like, they were getting angry at, like, the TV. Yeah, in, yeah. Oh, What was it? 
what's it called? like vision head or whatever it is but yeah it's there was a lot of like lawman as well where like it's just lawman really angry talking uh, head talking poison. head that's it poison was a fucking yeah, sharpshooter maybe but like those three definitely yeah just like really sort of vitriolic and sort of yeah. just steeped in yeah. anger whereas this they seem to be having a, a really good time and whether that's because the production environment's better where Vic's working with them a bit more they've whereas... been having success on the roads yeah. people know who they are they're getting free drugs and blowjobs all over the yeah. place like they're enjoying you know, they're like... enjoying being in this band now rather than being at each other's throats <laughs> with a non-existent producer like on Bomber but sometimes sometimes that environment creates Metal doesn't grow in a positive environment. Yeah. You need to hate stuff. You need to be angry. I always say that about like hip hop when like just as totally, an example. Totally. Just an example, like it's more about the struggle. Yeah. So like once NWA have come off the streets and have earned millions, kids can't really relate to Oh, we've ran out of crystal. <laughs> Isn't it awful? <laughs> I'll have to get the butler yeah. to go and get something. Do you know what I mean? It's it loses that edge because that struggle's no longer there. Yeah, it's even like you say with the, the recording process as well. This is not a metaphor everyone's going to appreciate, but there's a Death Clock episode where they, they have a, a Death Clock cartoon about um, the world's greatest death metal band. They, they have enough of murder face the bassist not pulling his way till they kick him out the band and then they find that they're getting so much more recording stuff done and it all sounds like really good, but... It sounds too clean and too polished because they've been too happy and they've been enjoying themselves doing it and there's not like the the echo of the drudgery and the annoyance in there that this hand in hand with the doom and gloom of metal. And it's all about psychology, but you can argue it either way. But as a general rule, this obviously this is mass generalization because some albums can come from like a really positive atmosphere, but a lot of the time it, it is about conflicts and everything and i'm not saying by any stretch that this is a bad album it's just i prefer some of the more angsty driven music yeah. they put out and it, like, it's not yeah it's not a general rule for everything but i think sometimes the atmosphere will create a better album so that's gone off on a bit of a tangent from oh, makes sense <laughs> to me. um yeah let's uh get to the next one then uh then fast and loose more of a just like the the range of like party songs and women songs <laughs> Like a jam. It is. The only thing that it reminds me too much of No Class, unfortunately. Very similar musically, yeah. The guitar's doing pretty much the same thing for yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. There's there's elements of the no class riff in, especially in like the pre chorus. It's like dun, 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 dun. No class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, when you look past that maybe not no not one for the best of us. 
I won't put it on there. Not on mine. It depends how long the best of is, which yours is yeah, huge. Yeah, the ongoing debate of. But I'd I'd take that over uh, Live to Win in a fucking second. Yeah. I don't know if I'd take Actually, it over Shoot Me in the Back, but I would take it over Love Me Like a Reptile. Fast I and Loose, Fast and Loose, man. I'm, I'm the opposite. I go Love Me Like a Reptile, Live to Win, and then this. Mm, well, you, interesting. you're entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> Is the the fucking the great line in this? I'll wake you up to stay in bed. Don't get up, get down instead. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know what it's about. You it's the same it's the same theme. You know, you guys, it's that weird no remorse shout in the middle is quite strange though. <laughs> yeah, isn't there an album? There no is. remorse of it yeah. later down the line. Yeah. But uh, aside from it's it's very obvi- obvious, very obvious lyrical theme. Uh, Good little rhymes there. It's a good jam. Yeah. It's just interchangeable with a few other songs on this. Maybe it might have been. Maybe the album might have benefited more from being a 10 track. I don't know. Um, the, the only problem the song has is that it's not brilliant, you know? <laughs> that's, that's not much of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. Is the prelude to We Are the Roku, which is brilliant. Mm. That's a fucking banger of a tune. I won't have a set to that. Let's let's play that. I want to hear that, that now, man. I fucking love We Are the Roku. And uh, there was a TV series called We Are The Road Crew. I don't know if you can turn us for that, but if you buy one of the live Motorhead CDs, you'll get the episode that they were on. Uh, uh, the thing I like about this is, like, I always thought it was just him writing, let me write a song about the Road Crew to say thanks to them. And he did always like thank them before he played it and stuff and say, like, we need to draw attention to it. But like, the, uh, the album documentary does say, like, oh, we... Just needed to get something written, so I went off and wrote something about the Roku dead quick. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, still from a good-natured place, and he kept doing it. And Yeah, there's not... It's kind the, guys, of... the, the guys appreciate it as well, don't they? Because like, one of the, the Roku dudes was saying like when he heard he had a tear in his eye, because like, yeah. oh, you didn't need to do that, Lem, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, he thanks them. Like, if you, on the back of the, the album sleeve, he thanks them all individually as well. Like... There's not. I mean, people have done it since about like songs about touring and like thank. This it's like explicitly saying like like thanks because this is when they talking at the start, the classic albums. I think they've been on the road for pretty much the best part of three years. 
between doing Overkill, Bomber, and then yeah. this, like when they've not been recording those albums, it's been touring. So it's been a slog, them living on top of each other. And they did keep much of the same uh, role crew and like uh, backstage people as well, Motorhead. They were very loyal to the people that mm. stayed around. Yeah, it's uh, a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that song always appealed to me. I think it's just it, it just depicts the life on the road better than most stuff because like it is it's got all the fun stuff in there, but it's also got the my mum's leaving. I feel sad and I you know driving like a maniac another room another case to pack all the stuff. It's not yeah. It just did paint the picture well and still to my young mind it's like oh that does look cool. I want to do that. They, like every time this is on like a motorhead documentary, they always put it on like montages. Yeah, going to like <laughs> different montage, places right? and everything. It's and a it's fucking. Like, List songs are hard things to get away with, you know what I mean? Even Queen got some stick for uh, One Vision, which yeah. is just essentially a list song. It's it's John Cooper Clark performance, this, but set to Motorhead music. It's, it's a, I think it's past the challenge. It's a banger of it, I think. Yeah, it's cool. I, I really like it. Like it. This took time to grow on me for some reason. I just think it's because it's slower, but... It's it is a belter of a song and it, it it really paints that picture there like the even though it's obviously just music you see it in your mind's mm-hmm. eye of of going to all these places and it being like the same but different every night yeah but it's it depicts that sort of I like endless it. slog I, somehow yeah, but I it's hate it when people make albums about like how hard life is on the road because it's like oh boo fucking who mate you know yeah. what I mean but like this does say like this is fun but it's also kind of fucking annoying yeah it tells it like it is doesn't it I mean because it says about it being you know boring and monotonous but the song's not like that at all yeah it's like yeah. it just it works but it, it, it but the song also captures the mood of like, okay, let's go, let's go, pack this up, move this on, we're moving on, here we go, here we go, next town, play the show, okay, do it again, here we go, here we go, we are the road crew. It's that second verse for me, like just every line paints a picture, like another town I've left behind, another drink completely blind, another hotel I can't find, another backstage pass for you, another tube of super glue, like... And I'm wondering what that relates to. I imagine because the on the classic albums they're talking about Phil getting into a fight <laughs> yeah. with someone outside his flat before a a big tour. So like he broke his hand on like the Wednesday night, and they were going on tour on the Friday, and they had to gaffer tape the drumstick to his hands. <laughs> I love that image. Yeah. It's like I can. I don't know what that tube of superglue is relating to. If it's getting high or fixing <laughs> something, I just got the idea. It was like shit. Get the you know, get the gaffer tape. Get the superglue. It's just like yeah. one of those things that just gets yelled around. Just or... a just a simple line like yeah. that paints just such a wonderful picture, <laughs> knowing like the history of this band and everything. My only beef with this song is the live version is better because the last. Uh, verse for like of a better word on the album is another blast uh, another blasted custom post another bloody foreign coast another set of scars to boast but when it's live it's a uh, another blasted customs coast another fucking foreign coast another set of scars to boast and that double alliteration at the fact that it's at the end of the song and is the guy's at the end of his fucking tether as well you know that that works for me much more but that's a it's a great song isn't it yeah they spelled the road crew wrong though because they spelled it with a C and everyone knows that the cool way to spell it is with a K. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's how you spell it. If you're young guys in a cool band, you spell it with a K. Definitely. Definitely. Check that band out if they still exist, which they don't. But MySpace <laughs> is still up. Is it? 
<laughs> I don't know how to log into it though, because I've forgotten all the passwords. Oh man, we never even bothered covering that song when we are when we were in a band we, called Road Crew. We thought about it. The, the lineup Jay- didn't last that long. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. I think it was Jamie who wanted to cover it, and then he left. <laughs> so that's why it never got done, and he came up with a name. Anyway, flip the record over. We're up to side two. Fire, fire. My fire, only you can take me higher. Yeah, apart from that, that lyric, I've got nothing else for that song that works for me, to be honest. Uh, the uh, the bridge this was a bit different than the rest of the stuff. The outro was pretty cool. Yeah, I like. I really like the outro. I wish the song was based a bit more on that. It's all, I'm trying to think what songs it reminds me of of Bomber. Oh, it's, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Um, one of the things that annoys me with this is there's too many syllables in the chorus. It's like <laughs> just trying to fit in everything. Um, because fire, 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 hellfire, damnation, fire, fire, strike six. Sorry. It's like it's, yeah, there is a lot going in there, but it adds to like that like proto thrash kind of thing where it's yeah. just like it's like it is a very fast up tempo number isn't it I get the urgency because it's like fire fire and it's like such a tempo that scrambling round and everything it's just I, there's too much they're trying to fit too much in to it it just doesn't it doesn't work for me I like it it's it's one of my favourite songs on this album I want to say though I still wouldn't consider it an all time greater it's 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 got the, the the speed and the the chorus going for it, and there's some excellent drum stuff going on there as well. You just mm. you feel going crazy on. Oh that yeah, the drum there. the drums are amazing. Yeah. In this song. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, um, established jailbait. Uh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking forward to this. Cowboys and banging. That's what this album should have been called. Still trying to move a different stream 
can't get away with that these days, could you? No. <laughs> you really <laughs> could not. Is it, is it a societal thing? Is it? A, I, I, I think it was a bit taboo at the time. To be honest, some of the stuff in there is a bit. Obviously, it goes on, but I don't, I don't even want to look at the lyrics of that. No, they're not. <laughs> Still tied to Mama's apron strings. Gross. It's <laughs> although this has the great lyric of. I don't care about our different ages. I'm a open, I'm an open book with well-thumbed pages. <laughs> well-thumbed pages. Yeah, that is. He's been around a bit. Uh, <laughs> I like that, but it's, and it's an uncomfortable song, <laughs> really. And obviously, you know what goes on, and you know there's people underage that are gonna want a piece of the band and everything. But it's, <sighs> they were different days. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a song should have been written about it. <laughs> <laughs> this, but like, you've got to look at the terms of like what people wrote songs about back then and what they were told. People wanted to hear songs about. They wanted to like hear songs about drugs, women, and rock and roll. Yeah, and that's what they did. Give people what they want, man. There was some weirdo somewhere listening to this song, going like, "Oh yeah, I want to be in a rock and roll band and bang underage <laughs> girls too." <laughs> Condoning it, I'm just saying. There's Probably lists happen that for people way. like this. Yes, there is. It's another no-class kind of riff as well. Oh, and... yeah, there's the... Just before the break, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a drum fill there before the song stops, and it's, it's almost identical mm. to the one in No Class. Um, I mean, we... Well, we'll probably talk about this next time, but... I mean, it's the third album. No, it's the fourth album, isn't it? They do five albums with this lineup, and it's we can already see the recycling of a few ideas from from Overkill and a few other albums. And we'll get we'll get to Iron Fist mm. <laughs> another time. But not I get this album is obviously commercially the peak yeah. of this lineup. Like of like obviously, but I. You know, it's not like on Bomber where the the cracks were starting to show where there was arguments between the band. Mm-hmm. From all accounts, everything seems to be going sort of well and everything. But you know, we this lineup isn't gonna last forever. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how the, in the book they, they talk about how like it was like the worst time for them, even though it was the most successful because they like they would never be this good again. You know? Yeah. It's all downhill from there. I know Lemmy said on on occasion because he he hates the ace well not hates the ace of spades but it's more playing it for twenty years yeah. is <laughs> every show I mean we find it great to listen to but we might listen to it like when it comes on you're not playing it every night yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's like history should do just move past that song let's move on uh, dance can we move past this one as
so that's my kind of song anyway. I, I like songs about rock and roll. It's got a superb Ramones vibe to that. Yeah, you know, I get, I get where you could almost put like an old timey piano over the top. Yeah, it's fifties time. Yeah. yeah, juking and jiving and all that shit. I, I like that stuff, man. You can play that super fucking fast, and that would work as like a, a good mosh song as well. It's not one of my all time favorites, but I, I could see putting a live version of that on a playlist. I don't like it. You know, I'll like be it? honest. I don't like Why it. Why don't you like it? Yeah, it's just a bit sort of bland. It's not very much still there. It's got a chorus, you know. It's, it's one chorus. of the things. It's got a proper chorus. I think this is the problem when we like my problem with this side of the album because if we look, we've got we've got fire, fire, and dance, and yeah, pretty, very the, similar. Yeah, and we're starting to repeat stuff, and I know we've been repeating stuff anyway. Um, with other songs on this album, but it is sort of getting to the stage where I think this might have benefited from cutting two songs, but then the runtime would have been cut significantly. Mm. Um, I would maybe, I would maybe left Fire Fire in over over this. No, I but I think it's better than Fire Fire. You're wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I I just don't care for the song. This this is the problem. I could. I could pretty much lose the second side of this album. Yeah. There would be nothing lost to history if this side was gone. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, seeing as it's like the the commercial peak. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't... Just because it's the commercial peak, it doesn't... Doesn't mean it's the artistic peak. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, you know, there'll be better stuff to come and everything. It's just there's a few, there's some really iconic songs on this that do obviously survive... Mm-hmm. To to the the bitter ends, unfortunately, but yeah, it's just this side of the album. I just don't care for it. I just find no need to put this side of the album on, unfortunately. But that's that's my opinion. Yeah, especially in these LP days, you wouldn't be asked getting over to turn that up, getting up to turn that over, would you? No. <laughs> like the CD <laughs> no. where it just plays it all back to back, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm listening to this. Now. <laughs> What's uh, bite the bullet like then? Nothing grand, nothing amazingly, nothing forgettable. It's trying something a bit different. Um, yeah, they did need to do something different, especially at this point on the B side as well, where tensions have attention has waned. Yeah, it's like a few things like it. It changes off a bit with the the false start, which is quite funny. <laughs> I do like it when there's talking before tracks. They did that on the other song before as well. That's. Uh, it gives you a sense of what's going on in the studio. It makes you feel like you're part of it. I like that stuff. I do like it. And I like the um one of one of my criticisms with this album is that every other track fades out. I don't 
I don't. Th- I think fade outs work in a sense, but I don't because th- when you have a fade out, it's almost like you want you people want the song to continue and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of songs on this would have would have worked better if they'd had a proper end to the song. I mean, that's like that's nitpicking, but this this does change it up a bit because it, it feeds straight into the chase is better than the catch, which is better cool than this. Yeah, it's a it's a cool way to do it. It's say it changes it up, but it's the the problem is with bite the bullet. It's not. It doesn't stand up on enough on its own to want to listen to that before the chase is better than the catch, unfortunately, which makes it a pain in the LP days because it's difficult to find it on the bloody records. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess theme wise, this is like different than what's going on in the album. It's not like another. Bandito song, it's not another hey baby come here song, it's a see you later love song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the only one on the album which is really not about not up tempo and an upbeat mm-hmm, almost. Yeah. Um I mean, I do I do like the the chorus, bite the bullet, I'm leaving you. No, I'm leaving it it you. works quite well. It's just like the tone of it just sounds different to everything yeah, that's happened, doesn't they, it? The they voice. Still don't, yeah, they're still invoking like the Wild West mm. angle they're going on with, like it's biting the bullet and everything. But it's it's put in a different way, as you say that that thing going from what the first side is, well, Old West to this almost cowboys in the presence. But I, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It doesn't stand up enough on its own to um to warrant putting it on, and I'm. What's anno- always annoying me about the chase is better than the catch is that I always get confused with Dead Men Tell No Tales, which mm. I love. And so it's like, oh, it's, uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's slower and it's like, it's a good song, but it's not it's not a song I've, I really enjoy listening to. But we'll talk about that next. Good song. It's cool. But as I said previously, it annoys me that it's not Dead Man Tales, <laughs> which is more of a problem with me rather than a problem is with the Is that because Dead Man, Tales, Dead Man Tell No Tales to you is the better song? Yeah. It, it's literally that. Right. I prefer how I prefer the pace of it to this. I mean, it's just a cool song. and It stands up on its own. But it's just it's... it just annoys me for that stuff. That's my problem, unfortunately. It's one for the better life category, I think, as well. Yeah. 
it, it was. You can do different stuff with it's life when he goes to Silver Tongue Dell. Whoa, love you, manly. It changes the key going up there. I like that. It adds something to the song when you do that. It's, yeah, um, it's a nice little lyrical thing going on there. You know what it's about. The, the, the musicality. Musicality. The music's the same. It's, it's not a live staple, but it was always good to hear it. Yeah. When it was thrown in there. It's definitely on one of the live albums I listen to a lot. I can't remember which one that is, though. Um, Chase is better than the cat. Come on, baby, let me get you in the sack. You know the Chase is better than the yeah, cat. Yeah, like... again, we know what we know yeah. what it's about. This uh, whole album could I be enjoy about how easily this this must have been written, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon they were all written as like one really long song, and then just like <laughs> right, this bit can go here, this bit can go in this song, this bit can go in this song. There's, there's still stuff to that though. I mean, like your appearance don't hold no class. You know, the chase is better than the catch. You know, that's a good like putting someone in the place line. I don't care. I get my share. I don't feel no deprivation. I don't. They said there is some like really cool like wordplay in there. Just just the way the words. Like the sounds they create, mm-hmm. not necessarily like how good the lyrics are, but Silver Tongue Devil, Demon Lich <laughs> is like it, that's a really cool almost tongue twister in there. It it snakes around and everything, and that's it's, it's a theme. It, where it might not be a great lyric, it creates a great sound, yeah. especially with his vocal style. There's a lot of uh, songs on this album that are just like, come on. Come on, get into bed. <laughs> it's it's a theme that he's sticking with. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, all, most of the songs are around the theme in this. I mean, yeah. the only one that was slightly different is "Bite the Bullet." Yeah, yeah. So far, diver about it. like it's there's not angsty there. It's like it's it's again like like jail bay dance. <laughs> yeah, it's more the second side that's affected by that. I love me like a rep- lovely micro reptile. I like that song. Oh, so it's all right, so. Oh, so it's all right when, it's a, when it's a snake metaphor, but when it's just a more straightforward yeah, the, thing, treat treat them like ladies, that's a fact. Yeah, know? but the, the riff for Love You Like a Reptile is miles better. Yeah, but they, they've, they've come up with like this one as the slow number, though, haven't they? So yeah. it's, it's intentional. It, it's, it's a, a good break. It's the longest song on the album. It's a good break because you need... You almost need to... I like albums that end on a high, and this provides that you go down a bit and slow the pace down before so you go up and end on a high. Something like the guitar's different on it, where it's... Is that they call that semitones? Is that what that is? I'm not too sure. I don't know. Guitar play. But yeah, it's... Four minutes 18, that is, man. And it leads to the last song on the album. The Hammer.
This is exactly the point I was going to raise. Yeah. You could imagine this being on Kill 'em All or Killing Is My Business. Yeah, business yeah, is good. It's, it's, it really fits in there. The way the the drums are relentless all the way through. The guitar is almost try. It's struggling to keep up at times, especially yeah, with it the sound like that. Actually, yeah, yeah. especially when the uh, the verse it changes halfway through, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you can almost hear it. It's like shit. I'm behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, it's cool, it's cool songs to end, to end the album. And like it's it's really qu- it goes out with a bang, doesn't it? It does. So it's, yeah. It's fast and it's it's quick song and it's over with quickly than it, well more quickly than it should be but it's a real good like punch to end the album with. So what is the hammer? I'm not too sure. Let killers go. Don't let your mother know. Don't go out at night. Don't even try to fight because I can see I've got the thing you need and I'm here to stay. It's gonna be that way. So it's it's some kind of thing of like justice, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammer the, of justice, the, the unseeable hand of justice. It's almost like karma. I it's get, gonna catch up for you. I guess the hammer's gonna come down. With the theme of the album, theme of the album, if there is an album, it's like you know, gamblers will keep gambling until they've got nothing left. Until mm. that's what fuck the problem with that shit is. Like it's like. You can keep playing these cards and you can keep betting on these aces, but eventually you are going to run out of luck. Mm. And that's when the hammer's going to come down and then you're fucked. <laughs> but he's uh, moved away from the gambling metaphor because I think he used up all the good similes and metaphors in the first song. I I like it, though. It's, it's probably the only that, yeah. it's pretty only the song I take off this side of the down. album. The only thing, it breaks down towards the end. And like there's really cool where the bass is just chugging along, which it does on a few songs, but they could have really done like the overkill thing and done a bit of a reprise, a big solo, and then a big finish. It would have been nice with a good little reprise in there. Yeah, yeah just to, just something to, you know, leave the fans going home happy. Mm. But no, it's solid, solid song. But I'd, I'd say listening to that album as a whole, the things that I would take away to listen to more are definitely the hammer and dance. For me personally, dance. But like definitely the Hammer as a Motorhead fan. Hammer, that's like indication earlier of what they would mean to the music scene as as a whole. Yeah. So pretty important. Put that one in the Motorhead Museum. Yeah, I mean, like they always, they all, well, let me always maintain they were a rock and roll band. But then you've got songs like this, mm-hmm. and it's obvious why they were big with not only like the Thrash Heads, but also like the hardcore punk mm. scene. That sort of was brewing sort of well, a few years after this but you, you the drums and the riff is just there this is what this is what music of like that is just based on like that that's not a rock you can't put that along with other rock and roll songs can no, you no no it's, it's something it's else too much of a killer. is it just because this is the last thing we listen to or is the the album is the whole album is this like phil taylor's like best drumming because he just seems to be fucking killing it on this he's, one. He's obviously sort of got his techniques together on Overkill, and it's just carried on. It's it is peak Taylor on this. It might, might be peak everyone. If we're being honest, like I mean, I think everyone is at their their peak mm-hmm. as in their ability. But in terms of if only Bomber and Overkill were recorders when they were like mm-hmm. this good. Yeah, yeah. That's the only problem. Like. I I want to like this album. I want to like it more than you do. But in terms of Overkill, Bomber, and this, 
it's the worst of the three, in my opinion. Oh, that's an opinion you you have. You know, um, this at this point, these albums weren't even selling anywhere outside of Europe, so America didn't have these. Uh, America had these all together. They didn't get them one by one. They got them all at once. Yeah. Ah, oh, right. I thought you meant they just came in like some sort of huge twenty-seven inch <laughs> records. <laughs> Like they released and the order they came out over here, but by the time they signed to an American label, it was just like, oh, here's the back catalog, guys, enjoy. Maybe so that someone could have theoretically sat down with all those three albums in one day and gone, holy fuck. Maybe that's why the scene kicked off when it did, because yeah. obviously, like, it's the export of Nubbum or the new wave of British heavy metal making its way to America. Obviously, Motorhead are at the forefront, but I won't consider them. They're not. They're not a new wave of British heavy metal bands. They're a rock and roll band. Yeah. Like, typically, new wave of British heavy metal bands last for an album or two, <laughs> and then are never heard from again, unfortunately. Apart from Saxon, can't kill them. Can't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's bothered trying. Anyway, our, our favourite band, well, not our favourite band, but one of our favourite bands was in there. One of the best albums released around that time. Who's that? It was always a favourite on the way home from gigs. Angel Witch. Angel Witch, mate. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. Angel Witch with the song Angel Witch from the album Angel Witch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Inventor of the gang vocals, though, say that. Oh, it's, uh, anyway, that's that's something for another. That that's album's the, really the, good. That's like, for the Angel the Witch the podcast <laughs> that's coming soon. Listen to the rest of that album. Well, okay. That is damn good. Let's do um favourite lyric from the album, this one. I'm just gonna say all of We Are the Road Crew. I mean, yeah. it's it it's a choice between Road Crew and Ace of Spades because the other songs just aren't as memorable. But We Are the Road Crew just each verse paints like such. You can see what it's doing. You can see the the images in your mind's eye mm. of what's going on as as this band are, are going around Europe and the world. It's that humor that's in there as well, which I haven't mentioned like too much. But the, you know, Lemmy's sort of dry sense of humour about get me a tube of super glue mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's obviously an inside joke with, like, the rest of the band and everything, but it just paints, like, such... Just such, like, just such an image where you can see exactly what's been going on on tour, but you're still a bit of an outsider to it. I know, yeah. I'd have to say something from Ace of Spades. I don't even know what part, though, because it's all so goddamn good. It's all brilliant. Yeah, Every I line mean, just there's, works. There's something, something, something about uh, 7 or 11 snake eyes watching you. I always like that, because 7 or 11, 7 or 11, 7 or 11. It's like its own word when you say it. It's my weird obsession with just, like, words and, like, not what they mean, but how they sound when they're put together. But, like, you know, uh, don't forget the Joker. It's just a great fucking line that leads into this bitching guitar solo. Great song. I don't know what it is about that, because when you think about how these songs are written, where it's almost given like, oh, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, mm. to, to a set of lyrics, whereas Ace of Spades is so brilliantly crafted, it feels like they must he must have put... Sometimes you just get it right, man. Yeah. Sometimes you, you knock it out the but park on the first go. Every line... <laughs> Every line. Sometimes you do, and like you know, Lemmy's been like in bands for years. At this point, he's he's been through this. He's writing shit down on napkins every day. Anyway, eventually, you just all the ducks fall in a row. Or maybe he did just like rewrite it constantly over the course of the other twelve months. 
Anyway, I don't think there's a question of what the best song on the album is. No. As in, as in three songs to take away, mine are The Hammer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, The Hammer, We Are The Road Crew, and Ace of Spades. With Love Me Like A Reptile coming in a close fourth. Oh, close fourth. Right then, so that's the album. Good album. Uh, not one of your favourites, though. Now, say, going back out of the four we've done so far, third best. Third. So, Overkill, Bomber, Spades. The other album, which we don't talk about. No. <laughs> so, what's next album, then? Iron Fist. Ooh, Iron Fist. That's more of a polished sound, right? Is, it, is that just my opinion of it? or There's or... reasons for that. Okay, well, we'll discuss that next time. Next time. On the monthly Motorhead podcast. Meanwhile, I'll scour eBay to try and get <laughs> an LP version. Oh, yeah. I want to I show you something I've seen on eBay as well, but this Eat the Rich single, wait there.